Report, recorded live on Jupiter's third largest moon, Callisto. Wanna be like him? You gotta wait your turn. Some suckers don't like him, but that's not his concern. He's your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's gonna get a lot less weak. We are going to... We are going to go into intricate details on a trip I took to a place that I affectionately call the Scorch. It is the home of my parents. It is a place known as Phoenix, Arizona. I'm going to talk about a video store I went to. I'm going to talk about a couple comic stores, a pizza place. I'm going to talk about all all sorts of good stuff. It's going to be a great episode. We're going to talk about the dig. This is going to be super fun. Don't worry. You are going to have a good time. So let me uh, cue up the song that I have about the Scorch. How I was there and how much I love returning to my beloved California. Here, here, here we go. This is the Toys R Us report and we'll make you famous. Taking over the earth while still kicking in Uranus. Two kids wasn't last one day out in the scorch. Two kids wasn't last one day out in the scorch. I'm going back to Cali, rising, surprising, advising, realizing she's sizing me up. Her bikini small, heels tall. She said she liked. All right, we are back. Let's get started. So I spent the last week in the scorch. The scorch is it's usually very hot. If you don't live in that area, you will not believe how hot that it gets. The last time, the last time we were there, it was. It was like 120 degrees some days, and I am not, I'm not exaggerating in any way, but this time the scorch was not so scorchy. It was, it was a bit more normal temperature. The days were like 75, 80, and there was a lot of wind. It was, it was very weird. The first day we got there was warm, but after that it was, it was fairly normal, and that allowed us to do some venturing out, which is, which is always fun. Our, you know, the main the main focus of the trip is to visit my folks. They used to live here in uh, Santa Rosa, California. I haven't, I haven't actually gone back to the the moon base yet uh, on Callisto. the The shuttlecraft hasn't arrived here on Earth. It takes a bit, man. It takes a while to get back and forth. So I'm still waiting for that. And anyhow, my my folks they used to they used to live here in Santa Rosa, California, but they moved to Arizona, and we'll try to visit them a few times a year. And That's the primary focus of the trip. You know, we're going to talk, chit-chat, blah, blah, blah. But we are allowed some time to go out and venture into into the city of Phoenix and see see what's doing out there. When I go to different towns, I like to look for comic stores and I like to to look for video stores and just any kind of a place that might have, you know, some cool collectibles, some cool memorabilia or... Any sort of things like that. I also look for toy stores and Toys R Us's, as I'm, as I'm sure you can imagine. The first place that we went to was a store called Superstar Video. Superstar Video is actually in the the accompanying city of Glendale. The Phoenix area is made up of like a whole bunch of different small cities: Glendale, Peoria, just a whole whole bunch of suburbs and stuff. And we, um, I, I'll go there. And I'll search, you know, for example, Video Store Phoenix or Toy Store Phoenix. Not really, not really thinking of the accompanying area. So this time, I kind of wisened up a bit. I got smart. And I googled, you know, video stores in Glendale. And I came up with Superstar Video. And it was only like 20 minutes away from where we were at. So we dipped into the whip and we headed over there. We actually, we actually went to a Dunkin' Donuts on the way. I don't know if I have ever been to a Dunkin' Donuts. They don't have one around here. I got, uh, I got a chocolate glaze. I, I really love donuts. I do. My favorite is the, the white cake with the white and rainbow sprinkles. I like that a lot. I also like jelly donuts. I like the red kind preferably, but the purple kind is okay. I, 
I like the standard glaze. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Krispy Kremes. I think they're too light. I think they're too fluffy. I go for, I go for Tan's Donuts. That's the name of the place down the street from the house. I go there and I've never been, I've never been steered wrong. There's also a new place here in town called the Donut Cafe. And this place is, is really great. The owner and operator is an older gent. He's a World War II vet. And he said to me when I went there the first time that his dream was always to run a donut shop. Like he learned, he learned some baking in the army and he kind of thought it was fun, but he had other jobs and stuff. And he always said, when I retire, I'm going to open a donut shop. And he didn't get around to it till he was in, you know, however age he is now. He's in his 70s, his 80s. He is a very, you know, a very old wizened man, but he makes a delicious donut and he makes it a real treat to go over there. Dude's really great. But I went to the Duncan there and it was okay. The donut was all right. We had a coffee. That was all right. And after that, we headed over to Superstar Video and you never know what to expect when you find a surviving video store. It can, it can either go one way in that it is maintained to the era of the video store. There are a lot that still have video cassettes and still have the old posters up. And there are also others that are all DVDs and they're more cookie cutter, sort of, sort of stayed a bit boring. And sadly, that is where Superstar Video came in. They, they were a bit on the boring side. They have sort of the standard blue DVD racks. They only had DVDs. They did have a very large wrestling section, a UFC section, the sports. I always have been a fan of, like, sports videos. I would rent a lot of, like, sports bloopers on tape. I would rent sports highlights, baseball highlights, wrestling tapes. I I go for the sports special interest, and they, they had a good selection, tons of UFC events, current UFC events, a lot of wrestling DVDs, which is cool. I, I did a Facebook live stream when I was there, when I was poking around. I'm going to start doing that from time to time. You can find that over at the Icy Robots group on Facebook. That's facebook.com backslash Icy Robots. You might want to just go over there and give that a like. Just so just so you can be made aware when I'm doing a live stream. Every once in a while, I pull the phone out and kind of tape where I'm at. You know, maybe the flea market or the video store. It's, it's a little bit fun. It's not that great. But if you want to see what I'm up to, you might want to do that. So... We were there. It was a bit boring. It was okay. I got some I got some good pictures in there. They did have kind of an old school marquee. It's nice to see the the video store marquee with the movies that are coming out presently. It's nice to see, you know, current movies up there like uh, you know, Coming Soon, Fantastic Beast on DVD. I always enjoy that. And you really do have to respect any video store that has found a way to stay open. They they're fighting an uphill battle. And I appreciate anybody who has the business acumen to stay afloat with all the adversity you face. So even a video store that's a bit on the on the more mainstream side, I still am more than happy to go there. And if this were the video store in my neighborhood, like if this was directly in my neighborhood, I would definitely go there and I'd definitely support. But you could always hope for more of a, you know, culty kind of thing with more, you know, off the wall cult videos and like monster movie posters you can always hope for that but that's not that's not always what you are going to find oh yeah also also they had an adult room and i i have to admit the adult room is always of interest to me so i dipped in there for a second back in the back in the day when i was in the video store game i spent a few years as the dude who was in charge of the adult vault at the Bradley video, I, you know, I would process the tapes and, you know, put the stickers on, enter them in the computer, and then go merchandise them. And when I went into the X vault of Superstar Video, I saw a bunch of movies that I remember processing back when I was in the game. And this was like 1900 million years ago. So I don't know. They are sitting on some old stock. I wonder, I wonder if it, uh, if it still rents. I should have, I should have asked. We bought some. We bought some candy. We bought two candy bars and a vanilla Coke. When you go into one of these places, it's also, it's important to buy something. Don't just like walk around and take pictures like a weirdo and treat it like a museum. These guys are, these guys are in business to make money. So at least buy, buy some red vines or a previously viewed DVD, a PV DVD. Just get something, you know, you gotta, 
You got to pay to play, as it were. So then we went to All About Books and Comics, which is... That's my favorite comic store in the Phoenix area. It is a well-organized, well-merchandised store with a ton of back issues, a ton of old comics. They have toys. They have everything you would want. But what, uh, what really draws me there is next to the store, they have a much smaller store. It is... It's not even the size of my recording booth here on the Earth Base. It is small, and it is jam-packed with long boxes of comics, and everything in there is a dollar. They have comics, magazines, they have all sorts of stuff, and it's all alphabetized, and it's all well-organized, but it is really jam-packed, which makes it which makes it a bit more fun. I have to admit, we stop there every time we go. It's a lot of fun for me. I... I could spend a couple hours there, but I didn't get to this time. I only went through a few boxes. It was it was a busy day in there. There was a lady who was buying some Wonder Woman comics for her daughter. It was that part was awesome. She ended up with a big pack. They had like a 30 issue pack of Wonder Woman comics for like 20 bucks. So this this girl's going to really get her fill of a uh, good old Diana Prince. I only made it through the A's, but I did find the box with the Archies in it. So I got myself like eight or nine old school Archies. I got one uh, Betty issue. Betty's my favorite character of all. I think that she's, think she's a delight. And I got myself an issue of Betty. I got some Archies. And then I got some, some issues of Afterlife with Archie that I hadn't read. I've only gone through the first six. This is this is the story of a zombie infestation in Riverdale. It is terrific. They don't publish it anymore. I think they are going to come out with a Jughead one-shot. Jughead is patient zero in the zombie apocalypse, and he's now known as Jugdead. And I think they're coming out with a Jugdead one-shot at the end of the month, but I do not know for sure. I know they're not I know they're not going on with the monthly afterlife with Archie series which is really a shame I discovered it after it was already done being published and it is absolutely terrific if you're ever at a used bookstore or somewhere and you see the afterlife with Archie trade paperback get it it is it is so much fun it works on so many different levels it's a good horror story it's a good Archie story it's just a good a good story and then I I picked up a few issues of that at the dollar store so I was I was pretty stoked overall and then from there we headed to a different comic store in Glendale. This place was called Drawn to Comics. And the reason that we were over in this neck of the woods is we wanted to check out a pizza place. There is like this world-renowned pizza place over there called... Um, I'm going to have to go and look this up on the Googs. It is a La Pizza El Forno. It's a brick oven Neapolitan pizza place. They have like a real traditional style. It's been on the Travel Channel a few times. Guy Fieri has been there. He's featured it on one of his shows. Guy Fieri is actually from my hometown of Santa Rosa, and I see him not all the time, but I see him fairly frequently. I'm going to say I've seen him at least a hundred times in my life. He, His kids went to the same school that 2.0 went to at one point. We would see him all the time picking up his kids. He had a yellow Lambo, and they would all jump in the Lambo and speed out. Dude's, dude's a very good prototype of a Northern California bro. He really, he really fits that to a T, but he, he's recommended this place. And when you look at the rankings of pizza places in the country, this place is, I believe, number two. The other place was closed. It was, it was a weekday and they were, they were shut. So we, we ended up at this place and the comic book store was directly next door. When we went to get our pizza, they, they were shut for lunch. They didn't open up until uh, 5. So we had to wait an hour. So I spent the hour over in the comic store. And this was another gigantic Phoenix area. Phoenix area. Comic store. The store was so big. It was two stories with the upper floor being full of toys. They didn't have like any vintagey toys. You know, no old G.I. Joes or anything like that. But they had... All kinds of Star Wars Black and Marvel Legends and stuff like that. They had some stuff from Super 7. They had some of these smaller reaction style uh, He-Man figures. But they went at 17 bucks. That seemed like like too much for me. And they only had Merman. If they would have had He-Man and Skeletor, I might have really thought about it. But 
Merman is dope, but I don't want him to be the only one that I have, if that makes any sense. So we hung out there for a while, and one thing I thought that was interesting is the store was, it was really big. It was like basketball court sized, but they didn't have any kind of like vintage area. They had recent back issues and back issues from the more recent past, but they didn't have any like 70s, 80s stuff. They had some. But they didn't have, you know, big long boxes of old issues to look through. The The lady who I'm assuming owns the place, she seemed like she was in charge, is... She's really talkative, really nice lady. She came up and she shook my hand and introduced herself when I came in, which is... That's unique to me, but she was very nice, very friendly, very talkative. I'm trying to flip through the long boxes and she's asking me what I think of Riverdale. Now look... I'm more than happy to talk about Riverdale. I am more than happy to talk about Archie characters with just about anybody who wants to, but not when I'm flipping through the long boxes. You know, this is kind of a zen meditative thing where you want to you wanna really focus. And I'm not faulting her. She's a nice lady, really sweet. But at that moment, I did kind of wish she would take a step back. So there was that working against the place. But overall, it's like a terrific comic store. If this was the comic store in my area I would be more than happy to go to because she's super friendly. They're well stocked with all the new stuff. They were just lacking a bit in the older stuff. So I hung out there for a bit. Then we went to the pizza place and I I didn't like the pizza very much. I, I felt weird in feeling that way because everybody at the table, my folks, 2.0, her gal pal, the wife, everybody scarfed down their entire pizza like it was the greatest thing ever, but I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the flavor of the sauce. I didn't like the cheese. They have kind of a homemade cheese gimmick and it was, it had a weird texture to me and I, I felt bad not liking it. You kind of, when something is so renowned and everybody else is loving it, it almost feels like you might be weird if you don't enjoy it as much as they do, but such is life. Different strokes for different folks. Everybody, everybody's free to uh, dislike or like pizza as they choose, which we, which we learned about in the top five pizza toppings episode of the recent recent past. What else? What else did we do when we were there? We went to Dave and Buster's. I've never been to one before, and I've always wondered what the deal was. If it was all just like Redemption Games, or if they had arcade cabinets. And sadly, it's like. It's like all Redemption games, which is fine. It's fun. I mean, it's fun to play skee-ball and all these other stuff. But they didn't have, like, any cool cabs or anything to hang out and play. Like, even a multi-cade, they didn't even have that. But they did have this giant Mario Kart machine that was fun. And we did that a few times. We we played skee-ball. We played... There's this one fishing game where you shoot harpoons at fish. And you can win tickets. Do you know this game? It's like an overhead thing. It's a cocktail table and you you shoot a harpoon we love this game we we have a strategy where we'll play on the same side and one person whichever side the shark comes out on the shark is surrounded by smaller fish so you have to shoot one of the smaller fish and then shoot the shark to get the big shark bonus so we will team up and whichever side the shark comes out on takes the lead and they will shoot a harpoon into one of the fish surrounding the sharks giving the other person a clear shot at the shark. We played that a while. We actually got two sharks, which was fun. We got a bunch of tickets. We gave them all to uh, my nephew, and he got a Pokemon, so that was really fun. We had a good time there, despite not having a uh, a Galaga machine, so overall, really fun trip. Had a good time in the Scorch. I think I've bored you enough with my travel log. Let's, uh, let's move on into the next section of the show, which will be known as At the Movies, and then after that, we're going to talk about the dig. Dig's always fun. You guys like that? In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? For hundreds of millions of years, Mars has been extinct. But somehow, this creature has survived. What caused the extinction? March 24th. We're out of orbit. It's controlling the ship. Finding life could be the end of ours. We'll hit the atmosphere in 39 minutes. What have we done? 
All right, we are back. We we didn't see any movies when we was in The Scorch, but as soon as we got back, pretty much the next day we went to the movies. You know how it is when you're on a trip and you get to, back to your home. The thing you want most is to return to normalcy, but then after a while you get back to normal and you go, man, it was pretty fun being on a trip and not having anything to do, but at the same time, normal life is nice. I hope I hope at least you think that your normal life is nice because I enjoy mine and I'm Never, never upset to have to return to it, but at any rate, the day after we got back, we went to see, we went to see Life. Life is a sci-fi flick, it's a thriller, it's one of those deals where, where the crew is trapped in space with nowhere to go, with the, the added tension of an aggressive alien on the ship. Very much like, very much like the movie Alien, and that's what, that's what this movie was really reminiscent of. It wasn't as good, of course, but it was... It was pretty good in its own right. It it had a few stars in it. The uh, Ryan Reynolds, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Rebecca Ferguson, who you might know from Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation or The Girl on the Train. She's somebody that I like, and I liked her. I liked her in in this movie. The movie is it's kind of on the realistic sci-fi tip, or at least it tries to be. the The crew are astronauts. They're like real life astronauts in a international space mission. Everybody represents a different nation. There's the Americans, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds and Rebecca Ferguson is British and there's a Soviet one and there's a chap from Japan and they all have to get together on this mission and the main the main focus of the mission is to see if they can find life on Mars. There was some sort of a Mars rover that went to the planet, scooped some dirt and then they have to grab it when it comes back and examine the dirt to see if they're is any sign of life, and of course there is, it's an alien, and it gets loose, and they have to fight to survive on the ship, let's, uh, let's go on over and see what this guy is doing on tomatoes right now, it is 67% with the critics, and 61% with, with the people, I myself, I enjoyed it, I didn't think that it was, it wasn't the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life, but then, it was very far from the worst, it was, totally watchable and totally enjoyable. The The alien is scary. The performances are good. There are some good scary parts. There's some good grody parts. There's some science fiction battles. It's overall pretty fun. It's not, it's not perfect. It's not alien. It's not aliens, but it is cool enough to go see for sure. I had a good time watching it. It didn't feel too long when I was into it. So that's always That's always something that I look for. I like a nice tight movie. And this movie, it felt fairly tight, but at the same time, it it didn't break any ground and it didn't really do anything that different with the genre. It's just that it's an enjoyable genre. Anything that's done in, you know, a very professional fashion is going to be fun. It's fun to see people in space and it's fun to see these people get chased by aliens and have to fight to survive. That's a a great idea. That's why they keep going to it. So I'm going to have to say that I give this, like, a solid three mics on the source meter. It's not the best thing I've ever seen, but then again, it's far from the worst. It's pretty good. Three Three mics. Hey, this is Michael Bell, the voice of Duke on G.I. Joe, and you're listening to the Toys R Us Report. Yo, Joe! Make sure to visit VirtualDirtMall.com and support the Toys R Us report with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. Maybe a Ghostbusters action figure or a Star Trek Pride hat. It's really up to you. VirtualDirtMall.com. You won't be sorry for long. Dingleberry, you want it, you got it. More tales from the dig, aka Dig Life. We are back for we are back for what amounts to, I guess, the main event of the show. I'm going to talk about my time at the Dig in the Scorch, aka Phoenix, Arizona. The Dig is what I call the Goodwill as is store. It is the last place where where Goodwill donations go 
before they die. You buy everything by the pound and it's presented to you in gigantic plastic bins. The one that we go to here in Santa Rosa is, it's on the smaller side. There's enough stuff in there to, to keep you interested, but the one in Phoenix, Arizona is, it is gigantic. It is two rooms, each one being bigger than the entire room of, of the dig here in Santa Rosa. The, the first room as you go in is it's mostly fabrics, you know, towels, shirts, pants, rags, undergarments, socks, t-shirts, sweatshirts, jackets, hats, things of that sort. And in the room, they have, like, outlining the entire room, they have bins full of broken electronics, like smashed up VCRs, old DVD players, stereo tuners, they may or may not work. They have outlets there that you can use to test things out, but everything is sold on an as-is basis. And then they have a whole another gigantic room that has all the wares. The wares are what they, that's what they call things that are, are just things. An example of a ware would be a toy or a game or a tool or... Anything that isn't necessarily electronics or fabric. And of course, where I like to go is is that second room. I I don't usually dig through the fabric. It's not it's not my thing. If I see something dope on the top, I'll take a look at it. But I'm not I'm not so much into it. I definitely enjoy looking at the wares though. And that second room is it is so big in comparison to our dig. It's also it's different. The The tables we use uh, where I go are long. They're maybe like 15 feet long and 6 feet wide with like a dip, you know, in the middle that is full of merchandise. These ones are big squares. They are maybe 5, maybe at 4 feet tall and 4 feet across and they are filled to the top. It's It's really difficult to get to the bottom, you have to almost, like, hang in there to to find anything down at the bottom. And for the most part, the bottom is where the good things are, or at least it seems that way. When we first got to the dig in the scorch, the, the back room was shut. The doors were shut, and this is what they do when they rotate the merchandise. They take everything out. And they replace it with all new stuff. So that process was going on right when we got there. So we spent some time sort of digging around in the electronic bins. And they also, they have two large bins up near the front that is full of paper stuff. This is where you'll find like magazines or books. They also toss in some records and occasionally even like VHS cassettes. And I enjoy this bin. I find a lot of fun things in there. So... While we were waiting for the back room to open, we hung out there a bit, and I came across at least 20 Archie Double Digest. The standard Archie Double Digest, and some B&Vs, and some Archie's Pals and Gals and stuff. The Double Digest, if you don't know, are the ones that they sell, like, at the grocery store or at Kmart. They're smaller, like a paperback book size, and kind of thick. I got... A ton of those, and that was that was really great. They were from the '80s, also, which is which is neat because they have like all sorts of '80s shenanigans going on. I was really excited to get these, and these are these are almost like money when you find something that you will buy, like something that you will actually spend money on that you no longer have to spend money on. That's like that's like finding money that saved money. And this is great because I will buy the Archie Double Digest when it comes out. And they're, you know, $4.99. The larger ones are $6.99. And I need my Archie fix. So I will buy them. But now that I got so many here, I'm not going to have to buy any for, for a while. So I'm pretty stoked, stoked on that. And I looked at those and I went through the bins. I got a couple VHS tapes. I got a neat, like, graffiti tape, you know, like hip-hop culture the three elements of hip-hop, graffiti culture kind of stuff, and I got that. I got a couple cool horror movies. I'm I'm turning away from the mic. I'm looking over in that direction to see what I got. I got uh, She-Ra, 
like a She-Ra Princess of Power magazine that's pretty neat. I also got up on an Oakland Athletics uh, yearbook from 1978. That was that was the heyday of like the swinging A's with Ridge Jackson and Billy Martin and all those cool guys with the big mustaches and such. There, there's a big divide here in the Bay Area between San Francisco Giants fans and Oakland Athletics fans. You. You cannot be both. There are some people who are both, but when I see that, I'm just like, you're a dingleberry. You gotta, you gotta take a stand, and I am definitely on the Oakland Athletics side. To me, the Giants are the worst. That's just, that's just my opinion, and I know it's, I know it's shared by many, and I know that there are many who do not share, but that's just the way it is. I think that the, the Giants are a bit pretentious, man. The Oakland Athletics are, they're for the people. They're the people's team. It's just the way it is. The Giants fans like to wear fleece vests, and Oakland Athletic fans aren't so much into the fleece. They don't, they don't shop at Old Navy as much. But that's not important. And if you are a Giants fan, I definitely appreciate your freedom to be such. But I do think that that you're making a making a bit of a mistake. But such is life, man. You know, you live and learn. Uh, different strokes for different folks. Then eventually the other room opened. At my dig, when they bring stuff out, everybody has to stand behind a line, and then they give you a signal to run, and everybody runs like a bunch of maniacs. It's it's like in Braveheart, when the two armies like run right into each other. It is chaos, but it's also heck of fun. At the Phoenix dig, they don't give you a start signal. They they either open the doors and then everybody calmly walks in, very, very nonchalant, no pushing. Or when it's on the other side, they do make people wait behind a line, but they don't say go or anything like that. They just, when they roll out the last cart, people just start, you know, casually walking toward the merchandise. It's very, very different than where I'm from. I'm used to, you know, having to mix it up like I'm you know, under the, uh, under the basket trying to get a rebound or something, and I, I definitely appreciate that and see the, some enjoyment in it, but it's also interesting to see people acting in a more civilized manner and just sort of walking over there and gingerly picking at the stuff, so I don't know, I had to, I had to hold in my animal urges and I had to do, do as the Romans were doing and kind of walk over there, but it was cool, and there are so many bins there. I didn't, it didn't come up on anything terrific. I'll say that. I got a, a board game called Rail Barons. It's a 1970s strategy game that I'm going to put into the eBay store. It's a, kind of a fun game, early sort of strategy game of this sort. And I think I got some other stuff, but nothing, nothing overly thrilling. I got a couple Polaroids, a couple neat older Polaroids, but I... I just was not hitting it as good as I do sometimes when I go there. The old wife was with me, of course, and she was in there, and she didn't come up on much either. It was just one of those days, you know, the dig is, it's so give and take. Some days you're going to find amazing, great, fantastic stuff. Other times, you're not going to find a bunch of stuff, and this time we just didn't, didn't hit it big, but that's cool, man, because it's always an experience to go and check out some other places, and it's always exciting to go hit up some other thrift stores, and we did so after that. We went to Savers, the Savers in Phoenix. We don't have a Savers here, so that was fun. I didn't find anything there either, but again, it's cool to go. We hit up a couple Goodwills. I bought a bunch of Zelda games at one, Zelda Game Boy games and stuff. They they had them in the case, and they were all at a fair price, and I, I picked those up. Around here, you cannot get up on any kind of video games. There are so many, like video game vendors. There's a guy who puts a sign up everywhere. It's like a a wanted poster and it has Mario on it and he says, I buy video games and there's he has a competitor now who just puts a phone number on his sign and there's another guy with an ad in the paper. And I know these are all different guys. They have different numbers. Maybe it's one guy with different numbers. I don't know. But there is at least three different used video game vendors over at the Mojo Sales Flea Market. So that's like a hot thing here that you don't come up on. But when I was in that area, I saw a couple different Goodwills that had, you know, decent quality like NES games and decent quality Game Boy games at pretty reasonable prices. So 
came home with a bunch of that stuff. But overall, I don't know, man. I just didn't do it like I always do. But as they say, sometimes you get the bar, sometimes the bar gets you. You know, it's uh, just the way it is. You win, you lose. You keep your head up. You keep on fighting. You keep on swinging. You keep on going forward. It's just the cycle of life, as it were. So let's uh, let's move on into the final part of the show. This part is known as the Toys R Us Report. Covering the world of vintage and current film and television since 2010. Shall we play a game? Featuring in-depth conversations on sci-fi, horror, fantasy, comics, toys, and conventions. Game over, man. Game over. Geekfest Rants is an entertainment podcast for genre geeks like you. So say we all. So say we all. Join us by listening in at iTunes, YouTube, and at GeekFestRants.com. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. So, this is it. This is the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us report. And let's start off with with the important news. It's been a few weeks since since we had that contest where you could win the mini mates. I got them right here. They are Walking Dead mini mates with Wintercoat Dale. And a female zombie. The female zombie is pretty cool. Dale's not my favorite character, but I got a pack right here. And we are going to be giving them away to to a person who is kind enough to retweet or share the episode on Facebook and or uh, Twitter. We got exactly 20 entrants in the contest, which is, which is great. I'm happy anytime anybody retweets this link or shares the episode because that's the way the show's going to grow. You have it. You like it, you're into it, and if you share it with people who you think might also be into it, maybe they will. That is, that's the best kind of advertising or anything you can get, like a positive word of mouth. So I appreciate anybody who goes out of their way to share this with somebody. It's very nice of you, and I'm going to have more contests like this in the upcoming weeks. I got so much, so much junk and stuff just laying around here, and it's great to get some of it out of my hair and into the hands of somebody who might enjoy it. This is a good, good pack of Minimates. They're still sealed. They are, they're tons of fun. And I know that Dale is a popular character with some of you guys out there. So I got the 20 and I got a random number generator here on the good old internet. And I am going to number everybody in the order that they entered. And then I will, I will go ahead and hit it. So... Let's hit the generator, and it is number 11. Number 11 is Stuntman Mike on Twitter. Stuntman Mike, if this is you and you are listening, reach out to me at Icy Robot uh, on Twitter. You can give me a message that way, or, or actually, why don't you email me? That's IcyRobot at IcyRobots.com. That's I-S-E-E-Robots.com. Email me. Your address, and I will get these out in the mail to you the same day. I'm great about mailing stuff. Don't worry. You will get these a few days after I get your info. So that is icrobots at icrobots.com. Just email me. Email me all your pertinent stuntman, Mike, and we will we'll figure this all out. It'll be great. What a cool Twitter handle, too, by the way. I love that movie, Death Proof, so much. The end scene with Zoe Bell on the hood of the car is just one of, one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen. Let's, uh... Let's get back into it. When I was in Arizona, I, I was talking to my nephew. He's a younger younger chap, obviously. He's like, I'm going to say like eight for, for the sake of argument. And I'm, I'm trying to see what kind of things he's into because I enjoy bringing him presents. And I, I want to know what he's into so that I can get him like cooler stuff. And I, I was asking him, do you like this? Do you like that? And he's like, yeah, I kind of like it. I sort of don't like it. And I said, well, what do you think about Superman? Do you like Superman? And he said, no. I do not like Superman. And I'm like, why? Why not? Even though I already already kind of sort of know why. I said, why don't you like Superman? And he said, because he's scary. And when he said that, my, my heart dropped because I absolutely love Superman. I think that he is so great. And there have been many times in my life where I've been down or I've been having trouble making a decision. And I... 
resort to thinking about Superman. I think, what would Superman do in this situation? And usually, that's the right way to go. I also think the same thing with Captain America. Like, what would Cap do? And usually, once you think of it that way, the answer will come right to you. And I was really, I was really saddened to hear that he thinks Superman is scary. But I wanted, I wanted more info. So I said, well, what's, you know, what's scary about him? And he said, oh my gosh, he wears all black. He's scary looking. He tried to kill Batman. And he's always doing scary stuff. He has those scary beams that come out of his eyes. And I just started thinking, Zack Snyder, what have you done? You have taken something that has inspired people for so long. And you have made it to the point where where kids are absolutely terrified of him. And that's just, that's not even cool. And Zack Snyder, if you're listening, and I know I know that you are, what I want you to do is, I want you to think of it this way. Think about the inspiring music from the Superman movie. And think about, you know, how it rises and how majestic it sounds. And if you are shooting an action scene with a Superman in it, and it doesn't feel as if this music is appropriate for that scene, you might have the wrong scene because Superman only does stuff that is majestic and triumphant. I realize it's not as dark, as gritty, and as realistic as you might like, but Superman is the kind of guy who doesn't need to be in a realistic story. He needs to be in an uplifting story that makes people, makes people feel good, makes people happy, makes people feel inspired. So if you can't hear this music when you're shooting it, shoot something else. That really got me steamed, just having that stolen from my nephew, that source of inspiration. That's, that's not even cool. Zack Snyder, you have done, you have done the world a disservice. And I think right now I'm about to do all you guys a disservice because this past Sunday I watched WrestleMania and I'm going to talk about it for a few minutes. But before I do, let me give a big thanks to Gino Vega for sharing this with me. Hit the wrestling alert. Warning. Warning, we are now going to talk about professional wrestling. Warning, warning, wrestling talk is about to begin. Warning, warning. Warning, we are about to enter a zone that may be difficult for the humorless and unimaginative. Please skip ahead five minutes if this applies to you. You have been warned. You, of course, you, of course, recognize that from the Mr. Sensational Gino Vega podcast, episode number five, the last one that came out. He, he cooked that up for all you dudes out there who don't like to listen to wrestling talk and... I can definitely understand that. Wrestling is a bit hard to defend at times. At its best, wrestling is a lot of fun. But at its worst, wrestling is definitely only for fans of wrestling. But this past weekend was the biggest event of the year. The the grandest stage of them all. WrestleMania. And it's available now on the WWE Network for like $9.99 a month. And if you... If you've never subscribed before, you can get it for free. So I I watched WrestleMania and it was it was pretty fun. It is so long though. I'm not even exaggerating. The show was I think 7 hours long and that's a long long time to be watching TV. I I started at the pre-show and I watched it all the way to the end and by the conclusion of the show, I was I was pretty woozy, of course. I do have to admit that I was munching down on chicken wings the whole time. The old wife can make a delicious chicken wing. She she fries them up and she has this uh, lemon pepper rub that she uses. And they are delightful. They are just terrific. And I was munching on them the whole time. And I was eating like little weenies with toothpicks. And by the time the show was over, I was... I was woozy and that wooziness went well into the next day. When I got up the next day, I was, I felt like punchy. Like I was just completely out of it. It took a long time for me to get back into the swing of things. And that's a, that's a heavy price to pay 
to watch a wrestling show. The The main event was the retirement of the all-time legendary zombie wrestling performer, The Undertaker. He left his gloves and his hat and his long leather trench coat in the ring, and he walked off into the sunset. It was, it was sad to see him go, but i got to be honest with you. I've never been the biggest fan of The Undertaker. I... I prefer my wrestling, and this is going to sound silly when I say it, but I prefer to have some degree of realism in my wrestling. I like over-the-top characters, and I like fun stuff, but The Undertaker at times has used magic and demonic forces and satanic satanic powers, and that's just not really, not really my cup of tea. The dude is a great performer, and he has been in some really great matches, but I have to be honest and say he's never... He's never been a favorite of mine, but I, I definitely, you know, tip my hat to the dude, and it's going to be sad to see him go off into a, into a coffin. What they should have done, like, he laid down his his things, and that's kind of a serial, ceremonial move in wrestling. You In amateur wrestling, you would leave your shoes on the mat. In professional wrestling, you just leave something. It's not like it's done all the time, but The Undertaker's a big star, so they gave him, they gave him a moment in the sun, as it were, and... He puts his things down and he walked, he walked to the back. If it were me, I would have had a coffin and I would have thrown him in the coffin and just had him be wheeled out of the arena because he's supposed to be like a dead man or something, I guess. I don't know. He, his gimmick has never been very, very uh, clear to me. At times it seems as if he is, you know, a literal undertaker. And then other times he is a satanic powered cult leader. He's been a biker. He's been like a pseudo MMA fighter and I don't, it's all been very, very unclear to me, but you know, what can I say, man? More power to him. I'm happy he's entertained me a lot over the years and more power to him. What else was on the show? It was, like I said, it was really long, but nothing, nothing really jumped out as being like dynamite. There were some good matches on there, of course. There were some neat bits and entrances and stuff, but the show is really long. And if it were me, I would like a tight three hours. A super tight three hours of only the best stuff. Some good matches. Some celebrities and stuff. But since they got their own network and they don't depend on pay-per-view as much, they they tend to go long. Which is cool, man. I guess if you're into it, what they're doing is they're giving you more for your money. And if you're into that, that's awesome for you. That's a great bargain at $9.99, but... At times, I have been a really hardcore fan, but now I think that I might lean a bit more toward the upper level of casual, as in I don't watch every show, but I do watch at least one show a week, even though sometimes it's in in fast forward. I'll try to, the show is three hours a week, Monday Night Raw. I try to get through it in like an hour and a half or an hour if I can. I usually, I usually don't start it till it's over. Or like most of the way done so I can zip through the parts that I don't like, which week in and week out seems to be quite a bit of them, which is kind of sad. But I've been watching it for so long that I, I almost feel obligated to to continue on. And I'm sure we all have our things that are like that. What else is what else is going on? I got to get out of here. But I, I have heard and you have heard, we have all heard that they are going to be making a Barbara Gordon a.k.a. Batgirl movie, and that Joss Whedon of Avengers fame and Buffy fame and all that stuff is going to be at the helm, and I don't know what to make of this. As as we all know, Batgirl is my favorite of all the characters. I, I, I like her the most. I dig her the most, and it's scary when somebody that you dig goes into the movie world because you just... You don't know what to expect. You don't know what version they're going to do. You don't know like what what the theme is going to be, what direction they're going to go. You have no idea. And especially with a DC property, more often than not, they aren't coming through very well. But at least this time, they went out and they got somebody, somebody different. So maybe they recognize... Well, I'm sure they do recognize some of the flaws that they have going on. So they went out and they got Joss Whedon, who hopefully, hopefully he can, he can tighten, he can tighten the ship up. He's known for writing, you know, powerful women characters. And I, I never really got into Buffy. I did like the Buffy movie with Christy Swanson. I thought that was pretty fun, but I never got so much into the show. And I don't, 
I don't know Joss outside of outside of the Avengers movies, which aren't really like my favorite things, but I'm going to keep hoping, man. I'm going to keep my head up and I'm going to hope that that it turns out good. I've heard some of the early casting rumors they've thrown out like Emma Stone and Emma Roberts and just probably everybody out there who who is redheaded. I don't I don't have an idea of who I would cast in it. I I like Deborah Ann Wall from True Blood. She's also in Daredevil. She's Karen Page. Eh, she's been a redhead more often than she's been a blonde. I like her. I, I like Amy Teagarden from Friday Night Lights. You could you could take a blonde and dye them redheaded if you want. It's it's a tough role, I think, uh, because a lot of people really care about this character, and a lot of people are really into it. So you got to make sure that you come correct, and also. We don't know what age she's going to be. And I don't think at this point if we know if she's going to be the traditional Batgirl or is she going to be more the Batgirl of Burnside, which is the new hipster take on her where she defends, you know, the the Burnside area of Gotham, which is sort of, you know, supposed to be like Brooklyn, like full of hipsters and stuff. And I think that's cool. I've read it. I like it enough. I don't read it monthly, but I do think it's cool. And it seems like it's drawing good numbers for them. And the costume design for her is... a uh, really great so I wouldn't be surprised if they did go and make that movie but I think they're probably going to lean more toward the traditional Batgirl and I don't know I wonder what age they are going to be or what kind of a story they're going to tackle this is all this is all years in the future you know we're going to be talking about seeing this in like 2018 or 2019 so there's no need to fret right now I guess is what I'm saying ultimately don't fret Let's uh, hope for the best and not uh, let's not try to get ulcers over this. It could it could be the greatest thing in the world. And if it flops, what are you going to do? Not the uh, not the end of not the end of all time and creation. So I think I'm going to get up out of here. I uh, I got to start packing, man. That shuttle's on its way. I got to get back up to up to the Jupiter base any time now. They're probably. They're probably waiting on me. Iceberg doesn't do a whole lot when I'm gone. You know, he doesn't do a whole lot. So the vent, the vent's dirty. Dude doesn't need to breathe. So he doesn't care about vents, I guess. He might have been the wrong dude to hire. So you can find me on Twitter. That's at ICRobots, I-S-E-E-R-O-B-O-T-S, ICRobots. It's the same thing on Instagram. I just got on that and I'm liking that. So go give me a follow on Instagram. It's... I see robots. The Facebook group always has a bunch of fun stuff. That's facebook.com backslash I see robots. That's always always the place to be. I break a lot of news there because you have more more space to write. So if you want to keep up with the the current happenings of the I see robots radio network, you want to definitely be part of the Facebook group. And oh hey, if you got a spare buck, I could use a spare buck uh, for operating cost of I see robots radio. So. If you feel like chucking in something, go on over to supportthereport.com. That's our Patreon page, and everything I get goes into, you know, paying for hosting, paying for this and that. So, please consider supportthereport.com. Only need, like, a buck a month from a third of you people who listen, and we will be good to go. But don't think that you're in the two-thirds of that third. Imagine you are in the one-third, and that you want to be... You want to be out there, you want to come correct, and I do appreciate everybody who gives already. I don't say that enough, but I definitely do appreciate when I get that, when I get that Patreon money in my PayPal, it's always, it's just a nice reminder that people, people care about you, I suppose. So, I'm to get out of here. This is, uh, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for the Toys R Us Report episode number 113. If you don't know, I know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon, Callisto, this has been an IC Robots radio production.